What these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, Action Network's NBA betting podcast presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Sean Little, joined as always by Joe Delera. This is our Thursday edition of Bets Bets. We have three games on the NBA slate this evening. Hey, listen, man, if you already are not following JD Joe Delera on Twitter and in the Action Network app, go do so ASAP. I tailed him yesterday. Trey Murphy over three and a half triples at plus 150. He put it out. For everyone to to go nibble on, I tailed. It cashed in the third quarter. Easy. Joe, Love how it. you doing, baby? Dude, we're doing good. It's been a, it's been a busy day at the desk. Uh, but, you know, we're still ready. We're going to be ripping through this little Thursday slate. So, pretty excited, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. For those who are listening only, JD is looking clean in the suit, looking very proper. All business right here on Buckets to give you these Thursday picks. All right. Let's jump into it. I'm going to give my first bet. I only have one. Then, Jay, go ahead and give yours. I'm looking at the Nets Blazers over 221 minus 110. Dude, that's music to my ears because I'm on the Nets, specifically team total over 108.5 in that same game. So I feel like we're going to be really playing off each other here. I guess we can talk about the other games, but we both really keyed in on this one. Yeah, let's break down this Nets Blazers and then we'll jump into the other two games that were interesting. We were looking at them, but we we settled on this Nets Blazers game, a very interesting spot. We saw it all. Let me get into it. We all saw it Tuesday night. The Nets lose to the Kings by 100. It felt like that. That's that, that's how that's how Super bad high. it got in Sacramento. Completely got ran off the floor giving up 153 points. The Nets let the Kings shoot 50 or 60, excuse me, 60% from the floor. It's it was laughable. It was a big time. It was a is a very memorable performance from a team that we were talking about just getting back on track. Kyrie's not there. They look better. Vaughn's got them playing better defense. He was giving up 94 points a game going into that that big time blowout in Sacramento. This is what I have to say about that. I think there's, I mean, there's no denying that Jacques Vaughn has them playing better defense, but I think overall the core of this team is a poor defensive basketball team. Uh, I know Jacques came in and, and, and gave them a little fire on the defensive end, but I think overall they're just a bad defensive team. Let's talk about the nets and, and, and how, how, how did we get to the Kings scoring 153 at home the other night? The nets flat out got cooked. That's crazy. Yeah, it was ridiculous. They they flat out got ran off the floor specifically by the shooters and the guards of the Sacramento Kings. Listen to this. Terrence Davis, 12 of 16 from the floor, 7 of 10 from 3. He had 31 in 26 minutes. That's what you would call efficient. Then let's go to Kevin Herter. He's 7 of 10, 5 of 7 from 3 for 19. Malik Monk, 6 of 9 from the floor. Barnes was 5 of 8. That's where it gets spooky for me, and that's why I was looking – at the over in this spot. That's why I am looking at the over 221 in this spot because all those guys I just named, 
can't touch the the Blazers' big three of Dame, Simons, and, and Grant. Period. Point blank, they're all better guys than the than the than the guys I just named for the Kings. I know the Blazers have also been playing better on D, but they they've uh, they've gone over the total has gone over this two twenty one number in four of six games when they're playing at home in Portland. I think the Nets just got embarrassed. Kevin Durant and the rest of the gang beyond embarrassed. Everyone's laughing at him. We know what they've been going through throughout the year. We know Kyrie is not going to play. That has been confirmed. They have to bounce back in this spot. Period. Point blank. That's why I'm backing the overall total here because I think it's going to be a competitive game. We know Portland has been solid. They've been solid all year. I wasn't a believer. I'm starting to become one in a real way. They played really well, but the Nets have to bounce back. This is going to be a competitive game. I think 221 is too low. I see this game being like 115, 110, 117, 112, something something around that. That's why I'm looking at over 221. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, man. Like, and even like if we look at the pace of these two teams, even though they they generally play like a little bit on the slower end, like they're both in the bottom third of the league. When we really like are watching these games, they just have very efficient scoring. And honestly, like if you really look at the Nets, they've been like I know that they've gotten embarrassed a couple times, but they seem to have like a more I don't know if like cohesive offense is the way to like, really say it, but like angle, without yeah. Kyrie without Kyrie on the floor, like you don't have the ball like sticking in my opinion, like as much because you don't have like, you don't have two guys that are super like ISO heavy or, you know, like really trying to shoot. Like you don't have two guys like trying to handle the ball. Like Durant is just Durant just can do a little bit of everything, honestly. And I think it's on, I think it's a little bit underrated, like what he's doing um, without Kyrie Irving. I mean, he has been averaging in the seven games this season without Kyrie 27.9 points, 7.4 rebounds and 6.4 assists. And he's doing that on, 52 percent shooting and like we know the shots he's taking they're not necessarily always at the rim like he's he's ripping mid-range he's hitting a couple threes here and there but he is just slicing and dicing the defense so the thing that I like about this in particular is that without Kyrie they've played seven games and in those games they're actually four and three and like I'm like real this game is giving me like some struggle because I wanted to back uh, one of these, like, I obviously wanted to back one of these teams, but the game feels like it could be close. Like you said, like, kind of like you said, because both teams defenses um, it's interesting because over the last uh, really over the last couple weeks, if we look at their location expected field goal percentage, um, the Blazers are worse. The Blazers are 29th in expected a field goal percentage, uh, effective field goal percentage allowed at 55.3%, whereas Brooklyn is 16th with 54.1. But if we look at what their actual outputs are, they're significantly lower. Like the Brooklyn has the second best and Portland has the 11th best. So I think when you get to the opportunity to then play like these two offenses that have been awesome over the past couple of weeks, that's a good way to look at this for maybe some regression here. Because if we look over the last couple of weeks, Brooklyn is actually the fifth team in terms of point differential at uh, plus 6.1 points per 100 possessions. And Portland is actually all the way down at 20th minus 0.4. So it's kind of those things, like you said, Portland's offense is incredible. So that's why I didn't want to go with a side per se, even though like I like the Nets chances here. And I was like, I think that the Nets will still score because like they just did even against the Kings when they got right. their doors blown off, but they still scored. So um, Brooklyn's defense has been better, like you mentioned, uh, over the past couple of weeks. 
but I do think that Brooklyn goes over this number. And one of the things that I noticed was in terms of the shot profile that's being allowed, um, the Blazers are really allowing, um, they're allowing a good amount of threes. And not only are they allowing those threes, but they are also, um, they're also allowing opponents to shoot 35.9% from three. So I might be looking for some, you know, maybe some Joe Harris stuff, maybe some Seth Curry stuff um, as a way to like, since I'm already on the over as a way to kind of bolster that next offense, uh, you know, as they maybe get a little bit more of their, uh, you know, their feet under them here. So that, that's kind of what I was thinking and why I like this game to go over, at least for the Nets side anyway. Yeah, Seth should be able to get more shots than six than he did in the last game. Joe Harris was one of seven. He just had a poor shooting type of game. I think this is – more of it comes to I think the Portland Trail Blazers guards can put up points on the Nets. And yeah. I think that the Nets are going to come out and have to compete in this game. And it's going to be I, – I just see it being a tighter game, which pushes it over the overall total. I think yeah. 221 is just overall too short of a number. Coming off of an embarrassing spot and Portland playing as well as they have – they can explode at any moment on the offensive end. I really like the spot. We'll see how it goes. All right, let's look at the rest of the slate because we got to talk about We only got three games to break down, three games to choose from. We both landed on Nets Blazers. Let's talk about the Sacramento Kings. We just talked about how Dude. they ran the Nets off the floor. Now they're cozy at home, giving up seven points to the Spurs. What are your thoughts on the Kings overall? They seem to be a little deeper than we realized. They're balanced. Sabonis truly doesn't. What's shocking to me is Sabonis truly doesn't care about scoring the basketball. No, not he's at not, all. And he's not interested in scoring in the slightest bit. He it's he, awesome. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll take a shot when he needs to, or when it's it's he he's in a spot where it's. A, I mean, he went six for six against the yeah. Nets. That's he's what, just like I'm not going to miss. Yeah, <laughs> seven, he had 17 points on six of six from the floor. So he's taking only good looks. He's not forcing anything on the offensive end. How do you feel about the Kings? Their, their head honcho, who was supposed to come over and put up a ton of points, former All-Star, is, is is seems like he's cool delegating to the young young gunners. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's it's really interesting. Like, I the team is very exciting, and their actual output on the season has been like you know they've been they've been pretty it's been pretty significant. I mean, they are eleventh in adjusted net with the number two offense in the league in terms of adjusted offensive rating. So like that's fucking surprising <laughs> yeah. and like yeah. i think it's like you said like it's a lot of being unselfish and they really went out and they, they got a got a lot of guys that can shoot threes which was important because De'Aaron fox is not he's like he's been making a couple more he's been like making like two a game so that's been a little sneaky there uh in terms of his prop value but he is not he's not like a traditional three point shooter, but you know, like when you got like Ronald Threesley over there uh, making a bunch of threes, like it, it really helps stretch <laughs> the floor. And like, that's what Fox needs for his drives. So I, I think that the two man game they got going on with Sabonis is like, it's, it's excellent. And um, in this game though, I, I I'm a little interested to see what happens here because um, the Spurs just seem to be like that team. That's like consistently underrated. Uh, but like when we look, or at least at least in terms of the against the spread market, um, like if we look at their actual ratings, like they're not, they're really not good. And they have a five game week this week. So they're going to, this is the third game out of five that they're going to yeah. be playing. Like it's a tough, it's a pretty tough schedule spot, in my opinion, for San Antonio. 
Yeah, they've lost seven of eight. And then the the W they did get was against the Bucks, where they were arresting some guys. Yeah. They, they started they started the year off pretty hot. It seems like that's coming to an <laughs> end here. It's going to be interesting to see how the Kings react being a seven-point favorite. Are they yeah. going to go out and bury these guys like they probably should? Or are Keldon Johnson and those boys going to show up, start getting going? Because if you if you watched the, the Blazers game last night, it was close. Yeah, through through a vast majority of it, they competed quite a bit in that game, and now you're telling me they're going to go to Sacramento. Not a long flight, not a lot of travel. They'll they'll be able to get over there pretty pretty easy. And now the Kings all of a sudden are land seven, and and my gut tells me I'm not sure they're good enough to give up seven seven and a half to anybody in the NBA. So it's gonna it's it's an interesting spot. Yeah, like I agree with you there, and it's kind of one of those things. It's like you don't want to be buying high and buying like, or, you know, and selling low on these teams. Like that's, that's kind of the way that the spread looks to me. And I think, you know, based on some of the opens on uh, like in, depending on the market um, there was a little, it seemed like there's a little bit of sharp action already. Cause I think it opened around like seven and a half. And I think we're already seeing this bet down to seven. Um, I, I think you're a hundred percent, right? Like it's one thing when you're, a team and you're like you're you got to play up and you you're like we're the underdogs like we are not expected to do anything we're playing with some house money here and then you go and yeah. blow like blow the doors off teams and like you're surprising teams when you're the team that like is supposed to be the big dog it's i think it's a little bit tougher because like that's not really a role that the kings have had to play really just like ever they really haven't had to do that <laughs> yeah, like they're, yeah. they're not I was, good. I was waiting to see what time frame you were gonna say and i was gonna be like <laughs> That's probably short, but yeah, ever, ever, ever sounds ever sounds a lot more reasonable for sure. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, no. we'll see what they look like. Laying seven now at home it is a good spot, though. Like we said, the Spurs are on a road trip. They've lost seven of eight. They competed last night against the uh, against the Trailblazers, but we'll see yeah. how the Kings play now, being a, a seven point favorite. All right, let's talk about the last game on the slate: Pistons Clippers. Pistons are potentially the worst team in the NBA. They're they're, they're competing with uh, the Houston Rockets. That's whoever whoever you want to ask. You can create your own opinion on who's worse. But yeah. they're definitely one of the worst teams in the NBA, no question. Tons of talent, but they are at the bottom of the barrel right now. And then the Clippers are an interesting team, right, because they're deep. But they have a really hard time scoring. A lot of the time, a lot of half-court possessions – just don't look very good at all. They have a hard time putting the ball in the basket. Then they go down a bunch, 20-plus to, to to Dallas the other night. And then they come right back and, and, and get back in the game and almost win it. They sit here at a nine, nine-and-a-half point favorite, depending on where you're looking right now. How do you feel about this game? Pistons are coming off a couple of days of rest as well, I believe. What do you think? How do you feel about this game? Dude, I, I was honestly like I was close to giving out Pistons plus nine and a half for this. Yeah, Pistons haven't played since Monday when they had a close uh close loss at home to the Raptors. So my con my concerns are a couple things. And number one, like that game, even that they lost to the Raptors, number one, they didn't have Cade Cunningham, and Cade Cunningham's not gonna be playing here tonight yep. either. Um, but in that game against the Raptors, like the Raptors were missing a bunch of guys too. Like they basically were only playing like Scotty Barnes and Delano Banton just went bonkers. So like, it's just like, I, I don't, it's really hard for me to back the Pistons in this spot because like the Clippers have also been bad. 
So it's not like I'm saying like, all right, like I'm going to buy like a bad team against, you know, against somebody else. But I think the concerning thing about LA is that when we look at this, like last year, they were a top, what, five, three point shooting team in the league in terms of three point percentage. This year, they've been like actually atrocious shooting the basketball. Um, I think in terms of three point percentage, they are, uh, you know, they, they're getting, they're, they're shooting almost like 40% as a team, but they're not getting a lot of looks. Like they're only shooting them at a, a, at the 20th frequency in the league. And that's, I don't know that like what that is that's making that happen, but it's a problem stylistically. And it's like you said, like they are deep, but they have like a lot of redundant talent. And yeah. that's, that's great. You know, in terms of like your depth, you can replace guys, but whatever. But like, it's, I think it's hard because they just really fly by who's got the hot hand. And I think it's hard for these guys to get into a real rhythm. And, you know, I think it's a little disheartening to not have Kawhi Leonard out there, but for sure, you know, it's, well, if you watch a team like Utah, for example, yeah, they have a bunch of guys. They're, they're just a bunch of guys thrown together, but man, do they move the rock really well? Yeah. The ball moves so, so, so well. And it's the exact opposite with the Clippers. Ball sticks. Morris Morris will get it and hold it. Paul oh, I know that it. game. <laughs> yeah, Paul will get it and hold it. And, of course, Reggie Jackson will get it and hold it. And then what's interesting is you kind of have a guy that, in Norm Powell that wants to play offense the right way. You could see it, like, on a possession-to-possession <laughs> thing. But Norm Powell is also a basket. So he also wants to get his shots up. So it's yeah. one of those things where when he gets it, he's like, man, no one's running on offense anyway. I'm just going to go ahead and get my shots up as well. So yeah. overall, the offense is super stagnant. And it's an interesting spot, though, because, hey, you never know if – for example, I'm watching that Mavs game, and I think they have no chance to come back in the game whatsoever. They're struggling no. every single possession to score the basketball. The next thing you know, they're back in the game. They could, yeah. they could parlay that into the game – uh, tonight here against the Pistons nine and a half it's all and you know what's funny about numbers like nine and a half they look like a lot and then the game starts and you're like ah they're they're gonna run these dudes off the floor like the oh, other yeah. night like the other night when Golden State was playing the Kings yes was like oh yeah this is a 25 point win it's gonna be a blowout <laughs> yeah it's gonna, gonna be a blowout it's like man nine, <laughs> nine, nine and a half is a lot and then it's like the second quarter and you're you're on your couch and you're like Nine and a half was too little for sure. Yeah, it's so, like the difference between like three and a half and like four and a half is like so much more significant than the difference between like right. nine and a half and 15. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. It's 100%, especially especially in the NBA. So it's a it's an interesting slate because I want to see how the Kings come out and bounce back after rolling out the nets. You know what's funny about that spot too before we get out of here is mentally, that's still the nets and that's still a big win for the Kings. Like yeah. they, they, don't, they don't beat teams like the nets typically, right? They have they they have a good feeling that they got something good going. Like I said, I'm very impressed with Sabonis giving up the rock and not worrying about scoring on offense. So that's an interesting game against the Spurs, minus seven, seven and a half, depending on where you're looking. And then can the Clippers score enough? They should bury teams like Detroit, but they've shown time and time again, right? That that total sits at yeah. 216, right? So yeah. I mean the, the Pistons are gonna struggle to score hundred points. That's what they're saying. Yeah, I mean, you know what's crazy? I think that total in the Spurs uh Kings game is crazy. It's 237 two, and a half. Yeah. Yeah, because I was even saying, like, you know, like when you get a big spread like that, um, sometimes I don't think that the dog is necessarily gonna like I sometimes I think like maybe they could cover, but like I don't know. Um I was looking at like the Spurs team total, it's like 115 and a half. I'm like, that's just a lot of points. Like, even though both these teams play fast, that's just it just seems like a tall, 
ask for for at least for San Antonio in that spot. Uh, yeah, coming off the to close out uh, a road trip as well. So yeah, we'll see. But to recap for um me and JD, Joe Delera, I am on over 221 in Spur or excuse me, in Portland versus the Brooklyn Nets tonight. And Joe is looking at the team total over 118 for the net or 108 108 and a half for the Nets. So those are our best bets for Thursday night. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter. I am Sean Little at Chicago Flow. What's your Twitter, Joe D? It's yeah, it's at Joe Delera. And then if you want to follow my podcast that I put out on Wednesdays, it's at Cash That Podcast. Yeah, so got to get the listens. Got to get the plug in. <laughs> also, make sure you check out Joe's prop uh, forecast. Comes out every Monday or Tuesday? Every Monday. Yeah, every, every Monday. Monday. Make sure you check it out. It's an absolute great read. Joe puts a lot of work into it. Make sure you check that out. There's some definitely some good info there for you to check out for the week upcoming for your props. That's going to do it for us. Buckets Action Network's NBA betting podcast, Thursday edition. Appreciate our guys over at FanDuel. We'll see you guys next time.